Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Everything Under the Sun, brought to you by the youth leadership at Door Church. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening. Hey, what's up? It's Pastor Gabe. This is the sixth installment of Everything Under the Sun. I'm here with Eddie. Hey. JR. What's up? Phil. What up? Daniel. What's going on? Hey, so if you have been one of the 12 people that have been listening to this podcast, we really want to thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. Like and subscribe. We ask you to please Thanks, support. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> support our sponsors. Rich. Just pretend there's like some secret knowledge We're involved. Balling. <laughs> so monetize two cents. <laughs> So this is our two cents here. Well, we're going to be revisiting our last three episodes and kind of extracting the grace out of the number 40. Um, the number 40 is is a really harsh number. Um, a lot of us have been in quarantine. And if you're one of the 12 people who've been listening, you know what the word quarantine, come, where the word quarantine comes from. But there's a story that Jesus told and a lot of... Um, Bible scholars believe it's not really like an actual parable because he drops names in this story and talking about the rich man and Lazarus and just kind of go over it if you don't know the story. Um, we know that Jesus is neither a Republican or a Democrat, but in this story he is definitely not a Republican because the rich man dies and uh, he's uh, talking to Abraham and he's dead. And Abraham has this poor man, Lazarus, that lived outside of his, his home. And, and Abraham says to this rich man who's burning in hell, um, well, you were alive, you had your good things, and well, Lazarus was alive, he didn't. But here's Lazarus in Abraham's bosom, is a picture of, of pre-heaven, this is before Jesus died on the cross. And so here's this rich man, and he's, he's uh, burning, and he's just asking for a cup of water or for some water to be put on his tongue. So he says, can you at least send somebody to my brothers to warn them about this place? And uh, Abraham s says, they have the law and the prophets. And even if someone were to rise from the dead, they would not hear him. So the point of this, what I'm trying to say is, the law and the prophets, which is Moses, right? The first five books of the Bible, the law. And then the rest of the Old Testament is the, is the prophets, if you're not counting like Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, but the rest is the prophets. But then the person rising from the dead, Jesus telling a story, that's him. So what Jesus is saying is, if you can't get with the law, and if you can't get with the prophets, in other words, if you can't get with the Old Testament, you're not going to understand Jesus. So in order to understand Jesus more clearly and perfectly, you're going to have to digest this information, Exodus, Numbers, Genesis, all these things, yeah. digest it for what it is, eat it for what it is. And this, this chasing the number 40 has been very hard, right? We're going through all of these things and, and they're terrible stories, they're horrible things that have happened. But if you can't get with this, if you can't get with the bad news, there is no good news. So that's what we're talking about today. We're extracting the grace out of the number 40. We're looking at grace, but we're not sugarcoating anything. We're not uh, dancing over the top of anything. We're looking at it for what it really is. Daniel, go ahead and let's go back to Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. All right, I'm going to read uh, Exodus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. Uh, it reads like this. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to his people and looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian being a Hebrew, one of his people. He looked this way and that, and seeing no one, he struck down the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together, 
And he said to the man in the wrong, Why do you strike your companion? He answered, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. So just to kind of um, expound on this, we did this about maybe two, three uh, weeks ago when it comes to Exodus chapter 2. But I, to me, I believe there's three instances, and I'm just going to touch base on, on the chapter. I believe there's three instances where uh, you can see the hand of God in preserving the history of Israel here. Um, the first instance is, uh, you know, when Moses survives as a little baby, uh, when it comes to uh, him not being killed, right? Um, the second instance is when he strikes down the, the Egyptian. Um, and the third one is where he flees, like the scripture said, into the land of Midian and then serves there um uh for uh you know uh, 40 years 40 years so when it comes to this scripture what stood out to me was and you can reference back to hebrews right and i'll just uh, i'll read it real quick here give me one second uh hebrews chapter 11 when it says by faith moses when he when he had grown up refused to be known as a son of pharaoh's daughter he chose to be mistreated along with the people of god rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded dis disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. So to me, it's like Moses had already made the critical decision to identify with his people mm -hmm. way before he left Pharaoh's courts. Um, you know, that uh, Hebrews tells us that uh, the reason that Moses visited his, his brethren, I guess you could say, um, was due to his decision to identify with them and to suffer with them, right? Um, so, I mean, what Moses did, uh, it's inexcusable, premeditated murder, <laughs> I guess you could call it, right? Um, his motivation was right, but his timing was wrong, right, when it comes to killing the Egyptian. Uh, it, it, I think Pastor Garrett once preached a sermon of, deciding or making a decision to stand up to sin and to say no to sin before you get to that point. In other words, when you're faced with temptation, if you're making the decision to say, oh, no, I'm not going to sin right here, you know, chances of you falling in that moment are greater than if you decided, hey, <laughs> I don't need to decide what to choose here, whether sin or not to sin, because I chose Jesus and I chose righteousness and I chose to carry his cross a month ago, two months ago, 11 years ago, 40 years ago, right? So um, when it comes to God's grace, you could just see how his grace is manifested through Moses right from the beginning. I just read chap uh, le uh, verses 11 through 15, but right from the beginning, it, 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 may, it, it doesn't do the chapter any service by me just reading these four or five ch uh, verses you really have to read the whole entire chapter to see God's grace moving from the beginning and preserving uh, his people. So, Well, I think of the grace, you know, that for one, I mean, it can be seen as grace is, is God on, on Moses about, you know, being found out 
that that sin you know and if we apply that to our lives the bible says you know our sin will be found out uh, i think that's a grace right there for it not to be hidden for it to be able to come to the surface when you can really deal with uh, what you need to deal with i mean it came to the surface and moses was able to go into that rehabilitation for 40 years and actually deal with himself and in his in his you know human sin no that's good i mean um you look go 400 years previous to joseph his ancestor and how he was accused of rape and he was thrown in prison that's like always been weird to me he's a slave accused of rape and they throw him in prison like usually you just chop the dude's head off and that's it he's a slave but god had grace on him he's thrown in prison he survives so moses kills a guy but is able to run away like in that is god's grace right there i mean i don't think like you know the egyptians were like hey do process and habeas corpus and stuff like that <laughs> like moses had to get out of town and god gave him enough grace to do it in that window to do what needs to be done and i think the takeaway just for me is when you're faced with these hard decisions the grace of god is that time that space that period to, to make the right decision in this case is to bail yeah i think one of the really interesting things about moses and it's something that i've been kind of like ruminating on a little bit uh and considering is the fact that just like in this story how he moses a lot of times he reflects the story of christ in a lot of ways but he is a flawed vessel mm-hmm. Like, he is a man that is definitely, like, still subject to the whims and the flesh nature and sin. And although Moses is the lawgiver, he still falls and still makes mistakes. I mean, think about it. Like, Moses was... He was born into a situation that was fraught with peril. And just like Jesus, they sought all the, all the, the newborns to kill them when mm. Jesus was born. Mm. Moses was in the same situation. And then, like, you know, he, Jesus had to go out and, like, live amongst people who were, like, his, essentially, like, his adopted family. Like, his father, God, was not his actual family, just kind of like Moses. There's a lot of similarities. And Moses, who was set up, his whole life was set up to bring deliverance. Right. To bring deliverance to the children of Israel. Just like Jesus, his whole life was set to bring salvation and deliverance to all humanity. But the thing is, Moses was the representation of the law, and the law was imperfect. And so Moses can give all of these rules, but Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these things. They reflect each other really well. Really good. Really good. So let's move on to Exodus 32, verse 15. And here we go. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain, and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides, and one side and on the other they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. When Joseph heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is the noise of war in the camp. But he said, It is not the noise of a shout of victory, nor the noise of a cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. So it was, as soon as he came near the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot, and he cast the tablets out of his hand and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf from which they had made and burned it in the fire and ground it to powder. And he scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. 
And Moses said to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you have brought such so great a sin upon them? So Aaron said, do not let, do not let the anger of the Lord become hot. You know the people that they are set on evil. For they said to me, make us gods and we shall go before us as they as for this Moses, the man who brought us out of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And he said to them, Whoever has gold, let them break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it into the fire, and this calf came out. Now Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies. So this is like a super, super popular scripture, but it's super, super crazy. And there's, like, there's I mean, talk about... Talk about the, I mean, we, I just mentioned how, you know, like Moses is still a man, even though he's carrying out God's will. And like a lot of us can reflect upon that. But Moses has just been on the mountain and he's just been given like essentially the perfect, perfect encapsulation of how to live a good and well life according to God's principles. God has created man and he said, you know what, I'm going to give you these laws and these rules in order to live out a good life in order to 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 be obedient to me and thus give glory to me the creator god and what he does to this after seeing this he becomes angry and he throws it on the ground like the word of the lord he just casts it on the ground and it's it's incredible although the children of israel a lot of people say that the parting the them worshiping the calf, they broke almost every single one of the commandments. It, maybe even every single one of the commandments. Who knows if there was murder going on there? Um, but <laughs> I mean, they were fornicating, they were partying, they were being drunkards, they were not respecting God, they were dishonoring God, who had just brought them out of Egypt. Like, but even in all these moments, Moses breaks the tablets out of anger. And then lashes out at every leader and tries to hold people responsible. And he's like, why didn't you restrain them? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? And he, Moses is like off base. God did not tell him to break the tablets. God did. God gave him these things and gave him these ordinances to give to the people. And he did not do it. And the people were unrestrained. And there was shame upon the people of Israel. Because these are the chosen people of God as a testament of God's God's will, really. They're carrying out God's will in the earth. And all the people around them are witnessing that, and they bring shame to that plan. But God still gives the people another chance. When I mean, we're focusing on grace, right. um, like they still can move towards the promised land. And then another thing is we're saying how Moses reflects, you know, the imperfect plan of God and Jesus embodies the perfect plan of God. Like the perfect plan of God was not interrupted. If anything, this became a reference point. The rejection of these rules and the rejection of Moses' leadership became a reference point in which Jesus references. And then the apostles later on reference as well. As shown as a perfect sign of God's grace and how his plan is not interrupted. He's not caught unaware and he knows what's going on and knows what's going to happen. That's really good. I just think, um, yeah, I don't personally, I don't think it's right that Moses threw the tablets down. We knew that, or we know that Moses had an anger issue, but it's like, uh, (laughs) what gives you that idea? (laughs) But I think it's a, it's a perfect uh, metaphor 
Because that's what the people are doing in their hearts, right. is yeah. throwing the, the law on the ground and saying, we don't care about this. We don't care if the hand of God brought us out, the hand of God wrote on these tablets, we're going to do what we want to do. And so you, you think about um, the parallel to like, you know, just this generation and what you need to understand if you're going to be a Christian or if you're going to hear the good news of the gospel is that it gives a perfect picture. They were unrestrained and that has implications of uncovered and naked. And just like, if you're living your life for yourself and for pleasure, this is what God objectively sees about you is that you're just, you're naked and that shame is just before him. Mm. And that if you want to start, you know, following Christ and, 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 uh, living according to his work you have to know that like you can't live your life uncovered like that and that's exactly what god was trying to bring with this law was to give these people some covering just like in the garden like you messed up i'll make you some clothes Uh, but you got to accept that otherwise i mean yeah what feels good feels good and left to yourself you're just going to do what feels good but if you're going to mature if you're going to move past that if you're going to be a christ follower help other people and do his will you got to start with this and being like, you know what? I need something to cover this. And we know today that that's the blood of Jesus that covers us. So, yeah, yeah. Good. you know, where I see the grace in all of this is that it happened, right? Like the first day that we get the law, we break <laughs> the law. Like that's cool to me because what if, and, and just hear me out. What if the Hebrews and then later on the Jews, what if they nailed the law? What if they did it perfectly? And here we are, a bunch of like Goishi Gentiles eating ham, and like we can't, we can't do this, dude. Like, are you serious? There's like 613 laws, dog. Like, how are we gonna do this? Yeah. So it wasn't like God was like, oh snap, like they can't. Like the first afternoon they had the law, they broke the law. Like that's awesome. Because the Bible says in Revelation um, 13, 8, worthy is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Meaning God knew that as soon as he gave the law and wrote it with his own finger, that those little morons are going to be down there doing all kinds of crazy stuff, breaking the law. And I guess you can make the argument that they broke all 10 of them because they're like, who is this Moses? Whatever happened to him? He's dead to me. Like, okay, so they murdered Moses in their heart. So there's all 10, right? So they break the law. It's, it's not a stretch. Who is this Moses, right? So like, he's... He, so this is, this is the human condition right here. This, this is who we are. The grace in this is God showing us who we are. That's God's grace. If you want, Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Here's the truth. We all suck. There it is. That's God's grace. First day we have the law. We're total trash. We, we can't even hold a candle to it. And that, gives, that should get everybody hope. And, that's, and there's still God's chosen people after that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, but you know what? Even under the new covenant in Jeremiah, right? God says, I'm going to write the law in their heart, mm. right? Mm. I will be their God. And, I, and they will be my people, you know? So there's God's grace again manifested saying, the af- you know, that same afternoon you got the tablets out of the out of the case, you know? And then boom, as soon as they're <laughs> out of the case. Of the concrete, it's, like that video, it's like that video of the lady opening her new iPhone and she shakes it and boom, she drops it on the ground and it shatters. <laughs> you know? That's how it was. You know, we got them yeah, and yeah, hey, yeah. they're brand new. <laughs> 
so careless. He, he just took the bubble wrap off of that. And I, <laughs> I think um, we already mentioned this last time, but I think it bears repeating as Aaron, right? The high priest, and yeah. he still gets We're to doing be doing this bit right here. Okay, <laughs> high priest. You know, like that's hey, that's hope for us. Yeah, that's because <laughs> like the, the New know. Testament yeah. says, yeah. you're a royal priesthood, yeah. right? You right. know, and just that grace upon his life, yes. and it's just like you know. And I, I think I was talking with uh, Pastor Gabe afterward, and it's just like it's so good because it just makes you you know what live your life for christ Mm. you know you see people that are being used by god and then they fail and god still uses them powerfully and you you could get all bitter and be like oh why god why are you using them it's like you know what just serve god for yourself like and be thankful that like he gives grace to people and that they can still be used by him so the next um, passage we're going to read is the next 40 uh, numbers 14 uh, verses 28 through 35 Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, what you have said in my hearing, I will do to you. Your dead bodies shall fall in this wilderness and all of your number listed in the census from 20 years old and upward who have grumbled against me. Not one shall come to land where I swore that that I would make you dwell, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh and Joshua, the son of Nun. But your little ones who you said would become a prey, I will bring in and they shall know the land that you have rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies shall fall into the wilderness. And your children shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years and shall suffer from your faithfulness until the last of your dead bodies lies in the wilderness. According to the number of the days in which you spied out the land, forty days, a year for each day, you shall bear your iniquity forty years and you shall know my displeasure. I, the Lord, have spoken. Surely this will... I do to all the wicked congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness, they shall come to a full end, and there they shall die. Where's the grace in that, Eddie? There's there's not much to look for. <laughs> Let's just say that. You know, there's grace in the fact that I was uh, able to do this bit again. <laughs> Amen. No, so what what I think of is God's grace towards, you know, the children of of the people that he's basically saying, you know what, you're not going to be able to inherit the land, but your but your offspring will. And what I can think of is especially into, you know, um say AO age or or vision age, you know, sometimes older siblings, parents that have might have, you know, fallen or or might have gone in a different direction out of God's will. Um, there's still a grace that God has for your life and that you can still um, be able to to be in his presence and to, and to serve God. And he, he says, you know, he's saying to these people, you took my covenant, my promise to you, and, and, and you despised it. So since you've done this, I'm not going to allow you into my promised land, but I will give that grace to your offspring because at the end of the day, the covenant was for the people of Israel to be in the promised land. That's good. What I would say to that is, is what I said previous is the grace is found in that it happened, right? What if they went into the land kind of meh? You know, what if they went, but they really didn't want to go? Or what if they went and they weren't really believing? I mean, what would have happened? They would have gotten massacred they would have it would have been over but the grace of god was that their hearts were exposed when they were exposed david said i'd rather face the wrath of god than the wrath of men so here they are with their hearts aren't completely that aren't completely right and god exposes it for them right so yeah it's a detour 
it's going to be 40 hard years, but at the end of those 40 years, like Eddie was saying, there's grace and there's a redo and there's another chance. But if, if you don't, if you, someone once said, if you're going to fail, fail in front of God. Like, let God expose your failure. And that's what he did. 10 out of the 12 spies, they don't want to do it. We know the story. But the grace of God was, is that he was there. What if they went into the land all meh and half-hearted and whatever? That would have been horrible. But God exposed it. They worked through it. They got through it. We know the rest of the story. And I'll tell you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm a living testimony. Like, you can get through the 40 years in the desert. You can do it. You can go through those hard times. You can fail in front of God. You can do those things, and God will bring you through. And that's the grace in the story. You read the scripture, and God is, is waxing poetic. Your bodies are going to fall in the desert. He says like three times. Um, but in that is, his, is built in his grace and if you can't see God's grace in the Old Testament, I encourage you, read it again, read it again, read it again. Read it until you can see it because that's what the Old Testament is showing us is the rules of life. This is how life works. And if you can find God's grace in the rules of life, then you'll understand the gospel. You know, I think you can see God's grace as well and the importance of intercession and prayer, right? If you want to bring it home is Moses... He fought, per se, with God multiple times and said, well, hold on here. Before you do this, remember this, this, and this. He pleaded, even though God kind of, you know, I'm going to make you an offer you can't resist or whatever the Godfather <laughs> line is, right? But yet he went to bat for the people, even though the people didn't have his back, hmm. right? So the importance of praying for one another and praying for the AO generation and important, the importance of praying for vision, right? Intercession, yeah. our prayers, uh, us being on our knees, crying out to God, God, you know, these kids don't know what they're doing. Just like the generation, you know, before us prayed for us, right? Like our parents prayed for us, you know, when we, at least, you know, I remember being high as a kite and my mom was witnessing to me over the phone, you know, I, I, you know, I was out of my mind, but I can reference back to those times, right? And just like Moses, hey, even though you don't have my back, you know, I'm going to have your back. Mm. And like, it's, it's Jesus, right? right? Jesus, right. you know, you don't, you, you know, you're spitting on me. You, you put me on a cross. You pulled my beard. You're the one, your sins are the one that put me up there. But I still died for you and I still love you and I'll still forgive you. Right. And I'm going to bless your offspring. Right. And it's just that's to me, that's where God's grace is found. The fact that, yes, you know, people died and stuff like that. But, you know, the the children inherited the kingdom of God. Think, and it was in part because of Moses's intercession. I think one of the other grace aspects is that it's this passage is really showing God's ability to judge between um, the guilty and the innocent hmm. and in, in, in our lives, Good. you know, where he can, he can be, he's able to pick out specifically, um, people based off their hearts, you know, he, he was able to judge that, Hey, based off of your hearts and how you've treated my covenant and my promise for the promised land, um, you're not going to be able to inherit it. You'll fall to the ground. And this, <laughs> but the innocence of the generation to come and still honoring that and still being able to uh, to have them inherit it. 
really good. Also, like little sidebar, <laughs> like a Joshua the son of Nun also went in. It always makes me laugh in that scripture where Moses comes down from the mountain and he's like, it's the sound of war. <laughs> and it's like the young, the young pastor or disciple who can't yet, you know, Moses is like, no, quiet, be quiet. It's laughter. <laughs> but, you know what that is? That's the sound of singing. Yeah. That's worse. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but what you see is Joshua's character, the warrior the who's going to lead the children is, of Israel in and he's already tuned into it he's like it's war we got to be ready we got to be prepared so even though it's kind of funny in that context that he couldn't discern what it was i mean he had the heart that wanted to go in and god was like i'm gonna use you as the warrior to take down jericho to do all these things for me and um we see the grace on his life that god had favor on him and he was able to see it along with caleb well it's kind of a sound of a war you know a spiritual war that was going on down there so he had a right in that aspect all right so we're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here and um how do you just... quantify this conversation <laughs> um yeah so we're gonna wrap it up um I'm going to do a a quick call um, for those who maybe you don't know Christ or you don't know much about what we're talking about. The first thing you have to realize in the gospel, which is the good news of Christ, is that it kind of starts with bad news. And the bad news is is that we are all sinners uh, before God. And you have to realize that, number one. And I think if you've been listening to these podcasts, you've seen that the children of Israel were sinners, that they uh, did not follow God's law. Even though God was with them, he was working miracles, they still went off and did their own thing. But the thing is, is that we're all in that same boat. Uh, It says in Romans, a very famous portion of scripture, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we see this brokenness in us through a, a myriad of things. You see addiction, you see immorality, you know, you have a, you just have this desire for wealth and to get ahead. Uh, you hurt other people in the process of doing your own thing. And all this springs from what's inherently in our hearts, which is this evil, which is sin, which is doing the wrong thing. Um, and there's nothing we could do in and of ourselves uh, to fix this. Um, and maybe you suffer from pride and you think you could fix yourself but you can't, that's the nature of sin. But what we want to mention is that there is grace, and there's many dimensions and aspects of grace, but one of them is God's divine favor, what God, uh, what he pleases to do. And we can see that in one of our scriptures, even as Daniel mentioned earlier, Numbers 14, 19 through 21, Moses says, pardon the iniquity or the sin of this people. I pray according to the greatness of your mercy, just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt, even till now. Then the Lord said, I have pardoned according to your word. And so we see Moses has this grace on his life that God's divine favor, he says, you know what, I'm going to grant this request. But the thing is, that was one collective act of sin and one instance of grace. There was someone who had even more grace and more divine favor on his life, and that is Jesus Christ, because he was the Son of God. So when he did something, when he asked the Father to pardon the iniquity of the entire world, how much more was God going to grant that request 
And it's because Jesus Christ sacrificed himself for us. And it says in Hebrews 9, 26, but now, once at the end of the ages, he, meaning Jesus, appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And that's what Jesus Christ has done for you. Whether you realized you needed it or not, God had grace on you. He gave his only son to pardon your sins, to fix your life so that you can be with him and you can have a relationship with him. So I want to wrap this up with the call of grace. It says in Galatians 1.15, But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. And this is a writer, Paul, and he's saying, God called me even in my mother's womb. And I want to let you know, if you're listening to this podcast, that God has called you from your mother's womb. And he says, I have a plan and a destiny for your life. And it all starts with getting this sin issue out of the way. You can have destiny, you can have fulfillment and calling and comfort in Christ, but it starts with this sin. And I wanna finally close with Ephesians 2.8, for by grace we have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. So if you confess with your heart or with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Christ from the dead, you can be saved. So I just, if you, if that's resonating in your heart, you say, you know what? I need forgiveness from my sin. I want to start a new life. I'm weighed down by all these things. Then it starts with a simple prayer. If you could just repeat after me, say, Lord Jesus, I pray, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept that you died on the cross for me over 2,000 years ago. I accept this gift. I give my life to you. I will be obedient to you and follow you for the rest of my days. Now, if you meant that, that means you're on a whole new path to following Jesus. And um, the best thing to do would be to find a church, get around other believers, um, reading your Bible, praying. Uh, I don't know if we have any links in the description. We have a new believers uh, tab in, in the app for our church. But just start getting connected with people. You've made the best decision of your life. And I just want to end it kind of with almost a little bit of a challenge. You, uh, you find yourself, if, if you're one of the ones that just gave their lives to God, or even if you've been saved for a while, just think about what God saved you from. Take an inventory of, you know, the things that you've done in your life that you feel are, you know, unexcusable. If you compare that and, and you realize God's grace, like J.R. was talking about, um, if you feel that grace that God saved um, you from, uh, with, you can kind of still gather that from what we just went over about God's grace with the people of Israel. And, and everything they went through, the, the chasing the 40 that we've been doing, you can realize that God had an immense grace on them. And that same grace is available to us. So no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, you can still have God's grace and, and live a life fulfilled. Can I just do a shameless plug here? We are not quitting, even though the number 40 might be over. And everybody's coming out of quarantine. Um, we're going to be trying to tackle the parables of Jesus, so we'll be going forward with that. So if you have any uh, 
any suggestions or you want us to quit or whatever, just hit us up, <laughs> AO or Vision, <laughs> IG, whatevs. But we're going to be going at some of the parables of Jesus and um, seeing what we can glean out of that. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you liked about the episode and what you'd like to hear in future recordings. We'll see you next time. God bless.